Hello, wonderful physical humans. It's really great to be here today. So, I want to talk to you today about notions of reality, realness, and self. These are not new investigated concepts. I believe some philosophers, scientists, and theologists looked at it before. But we have a new layer to it today. We have emerging technologies and augmented reality in particular that are going to change the connection between reality and identity. So identity is a complicated issue by itself. The human condition is complicated and fragmented. We like to believe that we have a solid, consistent self, but we all secretly know that is not true at all. William Shakespeare said rightfully, all the world is a stage. And for most people, if not for all, reality and our environment is the stage for the story of our lives. We are, of course, the main character, and everyone in our story are either participants or spectators. And that might be true, it's also a little bit ironic because each one of us thinks the same thing. So we're all trapped in our little reality shows that are running in parallel. And that creates gaps in a perception of a communal sense of reality. So I'll give you an example that I think everybody shares. So I believe that I know who I am. My mother thinks something completely different of myself. And then I have people in my life that also have an opinion about who I might be. And even though I would like to think that the truth is somewhere in this intersection, we kind of know that who I am is probably something completely different. It's not really my fault. It's very hard to grasp an idea of self and identity. The truth is that identity is something quite fluid. Who I was waking up this morning might not be who I am right now. I cannot guarantee I will be the same person next year. Can any of you say that? Our identity is fluid. It is fragmented because it's influenced by internal and external processes. We cannot help it, but this is also the beauty of the human condition. Because being human means that we live in this wonderful biological machine. And that machine is built to capture information from our environment or from our culture or from our society. It brings it all together and our brains process it into our perception of reality. But since we each unpack reality on a personal sensory level, we can only testify for it from our own personal perspective. So, claiming for a universal sense of reality or social identity is a very difficult claim. But it also makes us very susceptible because we believe what we experience first and we question or check it the facts later. I saw it in my own eyes, so it must be true. 
And part of it is because we want to believe. We're quite reliant creatures. We want to believe that what happens around us is real. Our brains are wonderful machines. They are belief engines. They connect the dots between A and B. They are actually built quite efficiently via various cognition processes and deduction powers. Otherwise, our brains would have worked all the time. We are built to fill visual and mental gaps. And that's why we have a very sophisticated understanding of the world around us. But it also makes us very susceptible to believe what we see. And what do we do in this world where we're bombarded with all this visual input, all these interactive influences? Technology is changing the way we process information. The truth is, we are developing new ways of seeing. And we have to make choices about what we're going to believe and process and integrate into our lives. And within these new lenses of technology, augmented reality plays a very important role. The word itself represents a beautiful notion. It literally means to add, amplify, intensify, and elevate something. This is the purpose of why we make technology, right? To better the human condition. So when we talk about adding a digital layer into our physical environment, we want to do it in order to amplify reality, make it greater than it is. So, I know a lot of people claim that virtual reality is more immersive than augmented reality. Actually, it's the most immersive technology of all. I kind of disagree. I find reality being quite a high-definition, immersive, free platform that even has a built-in social network in it. So I think that adding digital experiences into it is a lot more exciting and a lot more immersive, in a sense. So I will show you one of my favorite AR applications, a very simple embedded portal AR layer. So I actually love, while playing this video, watching the audience. And there is a certain moment when this virtual door slides open where people kind of lean a little bit closer and start having little smiles of imagination of what can be behind it. Because it is quite an exciting idea to add endless imaginative layers and experiences into our physical world. Imagine that we can replace all our clouds with flying kittens. That would be awesome. That's a Monday I want to wake up for. So there are great, fantastic opportunities 
within augmented reality. Depth of imagination, we can't even start to comprehend. But, and there's always a but, as these technologies become more accessible, sophisticated, realistic, we might want to start asking ourselves whether or not we will be able to define what is real. Because if our body is in a physical space and our cognition can experience something else and we believe it, well, that's real, isn't it? So what are we going to do once digital content is directly embedded and injected into our environment? Will we be able or want to avoid placed ads in public spaces? Will we even recognize when we have placed objects in our environment? Will we have a choice? Yes, it could also add wonderful social layers into our environment. Imagine having a social network that works in the real world. We might end up talking to people. That's a crazy idea. But such connected spaces and societies, as exciting as they are, also carry a cost with them. Actually, big tech platforms kind of figured out that using social and cultural nudges makes us engage with their platform more and stay more. We want to be seen, we want to be liked, we want to be loved, and we want to be social with other people. Now, addiction is nothing new to humanity at all. But what we're seeing with the aid of technology is that it now crosses all demographics and ages. And we start to accept, as society, certain social technological addictions as not only the necessary evil of technology, but somehow a rite of passage to be part of the modern society. We don't feel we can avoid it, or we should. We already seen nudged behaviors related to augmented reality in the public space. These are people using Pokemon Go. Their posture is different. Their engagement with the environment is different. So the question is, if we still think we have an option to opt out from the digital world, whether this hybrid space where technology will be fully integrated allow us to opt out at all. And not just on an individualistic level, we also seen these crazy crowds blocking entire areas of cities looking for this one Pokemon that's arriving for this one minute, gridlocking traffic. So don't kid yourself, we might be smiling now, but the idea of crowd control through technology is something very possible if you have the access to people's experiences. And what happens, we all know, when big data meets big brother. Again, we accept it as a society that our information is somewhat shared online. Will we accept it truly in this hybrid space? Some countries, like China, 
already implemented an augmented social credit system where your behavior is monitored, credited, and punished in real time. Perhaps it's time to realize that we're not talking about an Orwellian future, but we are living in a possibly Orwellian present where fake news is converting into deep fake. And we can't really believe our eyes anymore. Because this is not Putin actually speaking there in the right. It's a combination of a source actor dubbing and moving his lips and persuading us that the output there is what's really happening. So it's also political. And it's political in a level that, as a society, we need to understand who shapes the narratives that we have in it. And in a world where digital filters and illusions are perfected by the day, and we're accepting them as part of our everyday narrative, we will be asking ourselves more and more who and what can we trust. Even when we are aware that we are experiencing virtual content, it doesn't necessarily stop us from following it. We already have, in this new digital world, virtual influencers. This is Shudu. She's an avatar. She has one million followers on Instagram. And her and little Michaela are Instagram influencers that are even scoring fashion campaigns. So they're taking jobs out of all us models. <laughs> and again, it's a natural part, perhaps, of how society will accept the digital into it. But having these avatars either fabricated or maybe our own duplicate twins, digital twins, in our physical space will change completely the narratives and relationships and interactions that we have in our reality. I personally think that filters and facial augmentation is awesome, obviously. And that real-time augmented filters can provide tools for endless creativity and allow us to play with our identity, having several digital identities at a time, experiments, share them with others, endless possibility of representations of ourselves and our presence. I actually find it more hypercritical to oppose to them, but think that makeup and plastic surgery are acceptable social concepts. But we are also witnessing some concerning consequences of this mix of the perfected digital self and our physical self. There's actually a new phenomenon called Snapchat dysmorphia, where patients of plastic surgery are asking to resemble to their filtered selves. Perhaps they are just too afraid to be in their body. And we might also want to ask ourselves, what would happen once our face and body becomes 
an open space or an open source for content? Will I be able to license myself to brands? Actually, they don't even have to ask me. I don't know if you all realize, but none of you owns their own physical appearance. You cannot copyright your looks. I can grab each and every one of your physical features and implement it on myself if I want without repercussion, unless it's used for defraudment or to assume your persona. I can look like Kim Kardashian as long as I don't say I'm her. So when our reality will become a playground for our imagination, it could allow us to blend concepts of past, present, the tangible, the remote, the imaginative and the real, and shuffle them around in new ways. We're going to have new relations with objects, with content, with the space around us, with ourselves. And that is all wonderful. I find it terribly, terribly exciting. I'm happy to live in a time that allows us to do that. But with limitless opportunities, there's also risks. And we have to remember, again, that when we shape our physical environment and the experiences in them, we shape our reality and ourselves. So experiences are not a game. And there is also the question, will we be able, as humans, to separate our real selves from our digital selves? Will we create a new hybrid persona? Will we create a false one that will make us even more depressed than we might be? I believe that we can use augmentation for incredible and positive things if we remember these three things that I was talking about in my talk. That changing our experiences shifts our sense of reality and self. That exponential technologies carry with them exponential impact. And with great power comes great responsibility. As users, as content makers, and as policy makers, it's up to all of us to make sure that this new world will be a world that we want to live in. And the last is, in order to reach a true potential of augmentation that will truly amplify our reality, we need to keep making or focus on making inclusive practices and mechanics. This is the beauty of augmented reality, because we could share it together in this wonderful reality of ours. And if we do all that, we will truly be able to explore a never-ending wonderland and a constant state of becoming. So thank you very much. And let's make sure we keep reality great. Make reality.